my mission, my goal, and it says it even in my, in my IG bio, it's to create to inspire. Everything that I do, I have to create something in any form in order to inspire somebody else. If I tell this story of me doing this stupid 75 day challenge that I found on fucking TikTok, guys, and one person tries it and is successful and changes their fucking mindset and their life, that's huge. That's the reason why. So I'll listen to all the no's in the world. But guess what? When I when I'm done and I do something bigger and greater and better than you have because you're a lazy son of a bitch. I don't know. I'll take that all day. I look back at my first portfolio and my second portfolio and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, they're right. You know, there was no way in hell I would make it to this program. But at the same time, I also saw the inspiration or sorry, the uh, the potential that they saw in me. And, you know, they could see that I was very enthusiastic about it. So once you're enthusiastic about something, there's no stopping you. I like I said before that I was prepared to leave like I wouldn't want to leave like the, the reason why I asked for half shit like half weeks was because I wanted that experience from what I'd experienced so far having worked there for like I don't know I guess a month maybe I felt like what I was learning was good and I wanted to maximize that as much as I could if if the class wasn't the motivation if the class didn't end up being the motivation the stress of not showing good enough work definitely was. In that time, I have been sketching more. I've been doing different types of sketch. Like I, I've, I've been sketching cars, but I've been, I've also been sketching animals and organic life, which is very different from products. It's a lot harder, and it's actually something that's kind of you can actually break it down into product is similar to products because you have to break it down into their most basic shapes again those are nice like the non-paid ones are nice because you have complete control over them nobody's telling you what to do but they don't pay so um when it comes to getting paid gigs it's all about networking you're and not just networking in the sense where like you're talking to people is that you're leaving like a lasting impression of these people that you want to do work for and that you want to maybe not even do work for but just be a part of their life and uh, have some sort of influence over the decisions that they make creativity first design is more like the process podcast <laughs>
kind of intimidating in a weird way, but great soul, super informative. Honestly, really, really love this guy. We got Dave Falar. I reached this point where I'm like, fuck it, I need a second job, right? That's the natural like reaction is when you, you, you hit something like, not like, I had three bedrooms. Like, could I have rented one out to a friend? Sure. That would have been smart, Dave. No, I'm like, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to get a second job. That sounds like a good idea. So I like hopped on Indeed and I'm like, artistic jobs, you know, creative jobs. Because like, ultimately, I wanted to do something that wasn't like working at Burger King. Yeah. And um, so I found this job uh, teaching paint classes. And lo and behold, Dave has never painted in his life before. <laughs> So I applied to this job. They actually did this video interview system, which I thought was like revolutionary. Like they make you speak about yourself and your work for a minute. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like instead of a phone call, like you, you get to hear how like passionate people are and stuff like that. I thought it was awesome. Anyway. So like I did it, they like brought me in for an interview. They're like, they called it a paint off where you have to teach the instructors there that already work there, like how to, how to do a painting. And I had no idea what the fuck I was doing, guys. Like, it was like, (laughs) so I picked this painting. I picked one of our paintings. I picked this Timon and Pumbaa painting from The Lion King. They're like, (laughs) I show up and I'm like, this is the one I'm doing. And they're like, why are you doing that one? That one's really tough. And I'm like, uh, is it? (laughs) Is it? I don't know. Because I don't know what I'm fucking doing. And Uh so um, I ended up getting the job. I was very transparent with them. They're like, submit like old works. And I'm like, Nah, don't have them. But it's it can't be that difficult for, or different from design, right? And guess what, guys? Painting isn't. It's a background. It's a base layer. It's highlights and it's shadows and it's foreground. And that's it. Like, it's pretty much broken down like that. Um, so that's how it started. Then I started teaching at this wine bar where, you know, you get all these, you know, drunk moms who come in and want to have a good time and like, I'm the only straight dude there. So it's worked really well for me. I'm getting tips left and right. Like I'm an entertainer. Like um, I learned how to like public speak super well because I got to get on this like mini stage. I say a stage. It's like, it's like a little platform, a half a foot off the ground. It's a stage. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I got to get up on this thing and, and, and teach uh, 50 up to 50 humans who have, don't have an artistic bone in their fucking body. Right. Like they don't know what the hell they're doing and neither do I, but for a matter of fact, um, when I first started. And so like, I, I remember some of the first ones, like I, I'd get super sweaty. Like I'd like, blah, 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 blah. I'd like stumble <laughs> over my words. I try to make jokes and like be a comedian and they completely fucking bomb. Um, oh, but it was a cool process, right? Like, it like taught me today, like I'm thankful for that experience. And I, I worked that second job for two years. Wow. So anybody like I have a career guys, like I have a stable job that everybody mm-hmm. tells you to do. I worked a fucking second job for two years, even after I sold my house. Wow. That Because I was learning how to educate people, how to inform them, how to break down a process that they've never seen in their life before while also articulating, while managing and controlling the 18-year-old who's underage drinking and throwing up in the bathroom to the kid fucking screaming to the the old asses who are like, I can't see. And I'm like, okay, I got to manage all of this. I got to get my shit together. So I translate that directly to work where I get to manage a team that's way less chaotic because we have a process. Um, and I'm able to 
make like practical informed decisions because of this chaos. So that's how painting started. It started by accident. How do you, how do you deal with people constantly saying you can't do something or it's too hard or it's, it's not easy. It's going to suck. It's going to be painful. How do you deal with that? Um, that's a really good question. And it's something that sucks. Um, because obviously you want to surround yourself with the right people. There are people who have a similar mindset to you. That's, and I do that on the creative side. Um, I have a really hard time converting people to, and I'm not like a gym junkie or anything. Like I'm not, I just like believe in doing these random acts of like strangeness. Um, but like everybody I talked to about the 75 day challenge, like two of my friends have tried and started this roughly the same time as I and have failed both in the the forties of their days. And like one was in the thirties and it's wow. like, they fucking failed. And I, here I am day 69, still doing it. Um, I just think it's like, I treat it more of like a, like a chip on my shoulder of like, everybody else wants to live in comfort and I'm willing to go a little bit further and I'm willing to learn something about myself and how far I can push myself. And part of this process, um, you know, it's been learning new. It's like, I have so much downtime to myself, like thinking in an hour and a half of working out every day of either listening to podcasts or, you know, trying yoga for the first time and realizing I've never been able to touch my toes in my life in 29 years. And now I can touch my toes. Like that's kind of cool. Um, but if I didn't do this, I would have never known that. Um, but going back to like, and then sharing these stories, I think that's, that's the biggest reason why I keep doing it because my mission, my goal, and it says it even in my, in my IG bio, it's to create, to inspire everything that I do. I have to create something in any form in order to inspire somebody else. If I tell this story of me doing this stupid 75 day challenge that I found on fucking TikTok, guys, and one person tries it and is successful and changes their fucking mindset and their life, that's huge. That's the reason why. So I'll listen to all the no's in the world. But guess what? When, I, when I'm done and I do something bigger and greater and better than you have because you're a lazy son of a bitch, I don't know. I'll take that all day. How do you find your passions? Or cultivate oh. them, or cultivate <laughs> them, because it's a it's a it's a weird thing. It's it's uh and so guys, I, I I speak this this high energy about this stuff because like I I love it and I live it. It wasn't always that way. Like it's hard to figure things out. So to answer your direct question, Dylan, how do you find your passions? Two things have to happen, in my opinion. One, the easier way, and the the more the the thing that's more in your control try new shit at least like once a week or once a month or like break it down like very simply, right? Mm -hmm. Do something unique for yourself or put yourself in an uncomfortable position to try or learn something new, right? That's very tangible and very accessible to anybody. You can download apps. You can do this. You want to learn a new language. Like think about the time that people like scroll and like how much time like that your iPhone will tell you you spend on your iPhone every week, like mm -hmm. biggest slap in the face every week, every Sunday, it tells me like how much I've wasted my life, like, fuck you, iPhone. Um, <laughs> but like, it's perspective, right? But anyway, my point is, it's like, if you broke, if you took away 30 minutes every day, 30 minutes, you're like, I'm going to download uh, some like uh, language learning app. And that's what it, maybe 20 minutes, fuck it, not even 30, 20 minutes a third of an hour every day, that's going to compound, I guarantee you can learn an entire language over a year. 
and over a year of your life is fucking nothing. We're going to live to 100 years old, and you can speak by then fucking 45 languages, right? So it's like, again, breaking things down very much so that's tangible. Um, that's the first, right, to, to like understand what your, your passions are because uh, along that process, like you're going to find out things that you don't like doing, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to figure out, okay, I did these things. I checked it off the box. And now I, I liked it. I enjoyed the process of it. I learned something, but I'm not going to do that again. I don't plan on going to work, work out twice a day after this fucking 75 days is over. I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I'm learning that about myself. It's too much energy that I'm devoting to it. So you learn new things, right? Like you can, and then you, you cross things off and you move on. And then you try something, you backfill it with something new. The second thing, um, which is really out of your control, is something has to happen in your life that's either traumatic or dramatic or um, impactful on a, a personal level, right? I think that's the other thing that changes people's mentality in a very quick format, whether that's a death in the family or a breakup or, um, you know, you pick up and you move across the country. That's pretty dramatic. Um, you have to do those types of things that will flip your life 180 degrees in order to really understand who you are at the core and that is the hardest challenge and that a lot of times people don't figure out until they're 40 or they're 50 Mm -hmm. or they're 90 when they're dying and Mm -hmm. the sooner you can figure that out of like what makes you tick and what your passions are and how do you set yourself up for success you're you're living it dude you're 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 gonna figure it out and you're gonna be super happy and you're gonna be stoked every single day when you wake up every day like i'm for the first time like of recent like over the past couple months like i i tell my therapist like i'm i'm so thankful every day and like what i said earlier like if i died today or tomorrow i'm okay with that i've done so much more than what people have done in an entire lifetime and i'm so thankful finding employment post post education and battling that post graduation slump or depression that somehow seems to kick in it kicked in for us because we graduated into a pandemic and I've been very fortunate. I've been able to find employment. I've been able to find two jobs since graduating in the last year. And Zach, on the other hand, is not as fortunate. Zach is, I mean, I'll, I'll let you speak to the, the grind. <laughs> yeah, a pretty shitty job, but yeah. But it's, I think it grounds it in reality that it's not all picture perfect right after graduation, just because you have a degree doesn't necessarily mean you will end up in a design related job right off the bat, even well, if you go to a school. Right? It's, it's way, it was competitive back then, right? I think it's always been competitive. It's yeah. always been difficult. The people who've graduated coming out of the pandemic, it's like even worse. And I can uh, appreciate and respect and understand and be empathetic towards Zach and every other student because it is not easy. But a lot of like what Dylan and I spoke about was like, how are you differentiating yourself from everybody else? And like, that's the key, right? So when I graduated, uh, I've shared this story a couple of times. When I was, when I was graduating, so we graduated in August of 2014 um, so, cause we had trimesters the last two years. So it was a little bit of extended versus like the normal graduation in May, but you know, come like April, May time, like three, four months before I graduated, I was so determined to like get a job before I graduated. Like that's how competitive I was with myself. 
And I'm like, I'm not going to wait till I get a degree to start applying. I'm going to apply like mid thesis and like not include that project in my portfolio because I know that everybody once we graduate is going to be applying for those jobs. So why would I, why would I want to do that at the same time as everybody else? And so that was like part of the mentality and, and what I did I knew by that point that I wanted to do footwear design, right? So I had to look and you have your traditional new balances. You have your Adidas Nikes of the world that everybody wants to go work for. Um, but I took a different approach. I'm like, New England is pretty much like the East Coast hub of footwear. Portland, Oregon is obviously the other one. Um, and I'm like, how many companies are there? So I started doing some research on like, you know, how many smaller brands actually exist. And it's a fuck ton. And I basically stumbled into... Uh, this scholarship, uh, it was through 210 Foundation, which uh, is an awesome organization, a nonprofit that supports uh, people in the footwear industry who go through a disaster, whether that's a, a death in the family or their house like hits gets hit by a hurricane or something, and they like support them with funds and things like that. And they had they like co-sponsored this footwear course uh, through our Sutoria, where it was like a four-day masterclass on footwear or whatever. And so like I applied for that. And I got the scholarship, but like one of the prerequisites was actually like, you, you need to be working in the industry. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm just a student. I'm not working in the industry yet, but apparently I sold myself really well and I got it. Anyway, that led to me like exploring what 210 Foundation was. And on their website, they had a list of all of their, their like contributors and their sponsors who donate to them, right? Guess what? It's like a hundred plus footwear brands that I've never heard of. Wow. And so I saw the name. You see the contact, you email the contact, you do that 120 times. Lo and behold, I get two interviews out of that. Um, one of those is my current employer. Wow. And that's how Vibram came to be. That is exactly how Vibram came to be. The other one, I won't name the name, but it was this uh, woman's uh, dress, like kind of fashion, like Payless-esque uh style footwear which i don't think i would have thrived in um and i'm so i'm super happy that i landed the job at vibram instead following in dave falar's footsteps we have our best friend from humber industrial designs nicholas praticante you go do you go directly into foundations or do you take another year off i went oh yeah so here's the thing i actually failed twice getting into industrial design they rejected me really? twice. Yeah. I got Man, rejected. I got rejected the first time coming right out of high school. I had my art portfolio, right? With all my artwork from high school and like stuff I did on the side. And like I, uh, I, you know, applied for industrial design. And, uh, you know, I saw that was like, uh, like vehicle automotive design and all that, right? And I was so interested in that, right? Like I was, I was ready to start designing cars, right? So I was so excited. I even did like a few sketches to put in my portfolio and, um, and I submitted it and I think it was like not even a week and I get the rejection email and I was heartbroken. Um, but what did it sound like? What did the email say? Uh, it essentially no. said like, "Hey, you know, we reviewed your thanks, your no thanks. your submission, uh, and with the feedback from multiple, uh, I want to say professors, um, mm-hmm. have come to the conclusion that your current portfolio is not fit for this, uh, 
program. So you didn't get rejected by one person. You got rejected by Pretty multiple. much, yeah. So <clears throat> that kind of stung a bit, right? Um, but what they said is that there's potential. And they redirected me to foundations. They're like, here, take this course, right? Mm. And I can't remember if it was for me to apply or that I already qualified or something like that. But I took foundations. And so I took foundations. Mm. And uh, I loved it. I got to understand a lot more of the design world, right? Um, I got mm-hmm. to beef up my portfolio. And uh, I was pretty confident in myself. I was like, okay, you know, I failed the first time. I'm definitely going to get it this time. And uh, yeah, uh, to no avail. Literally, again, uh, less than a week later, another rejection email. And at this point, I was on the edge of just giving up. And I didn't know what to take next. I was probably going to do like biochemistry or some shit. But like, so you, so you got rejected, did a year of school Mm -hmm. only to get rejected. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I I, I, I was literally never, I was thinking, I I haven't, I don't think I've honestly told anyone to be honest. Well, now you have. Yeah. Now now 7,000 people are going to hear your story. (laughs) Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) No, it's not true. I was like, wait, wait, (laughs) numbers have really gone up then. Holy. Inflated. We have Skype. It's going to be this story that's going to inflate the masses <laughs> yeah i'm gonna call you this episode know. nick gets rejected <laughs> seven dozen oh times. my god maybe add a few zeros to that and you'll have my life story <laughs> Oof, that, sounds, that sounds very depressing <laughs> i really don't talk relate we don't talk about we don't talk about relationships on this show because no, it's, no. it's like crickets it's like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's okay though yeah. Continue telling your story. Um, so where you was I at? So I got rejected a second time, and so at that point I was just I was gonna give up. Like I honestly I was just gonna be like, okay, maybe design life's not for me. Maybe I just go and I'll just you know do art on my own spare time, and I'll just uh, get into like I was really into like engineering as well and like bioengineering, mm-hmm. and I was able to go to like uh, Ryerson, York, like a few universities, uh, but like for some reason I was just really hell bent on this program. <laughs> Because for some reason, I decided that, hey, I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to get my shit together and I'm going to try again. Um, so I took the year off. I went to go and I worked at Lowe's. And I decided Ooh, that, hey, classic. you know, Humber's like a 45-minute drive for me from my house. So, you know, I am not doing that on public transportation because uh, – we all know, forget it. You know, YRT and it's terrible. It's just, it's just no. Somehow <laughs> voted one of the best in the world, but no, no, no. Yeah, who knows? No, no, no. I don't know who, <laughs> do. I don't know who made that decision, but yeah, it was a, it was a paid gig. It was an inside 100%. job. Hundred <laughs> percent. No, so I, you know, I, I figured I'm gonna take a year off. I'm gonna save up what I can, and I'm gonna buy a car, and uh, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I did. I saved up uh, forty five hundred dollars and I bought myself a Honda Civic. No, sorry, Honda Accord. Don't remember my first car. It's a Honda Accord. Forty coupe. Uh, two thousand and three, and it had like one hundred forty thousand kilometers on it, and it was my baby for literally all the school, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I had the car, and uh, now I just needed that portfolio. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. I really, I just got to work and I just really put in the hours for that. Cause like I would work during the day. Once I came home, I would do the uh, portfolio. I'd work on my portfolio and I would make sure like, Hey, like I was looking up like inspiration and stuff like that, seeing like what a portfolio is because like back then I was like, 
okay, you just put a bunch of images together in a PDF and send it off, right? And like, that's you know, I did. <laughs> that's probably why I got rejected. Uh, you know, <laughs> a few it wasn't, times. It wasn't even a wasn't even a combined PDF either. It was just separate files. <laughs> it was separate files, just oh, in a folder. Separate, separate images, and then uh, like a doc with yeah. like the writing we had to do. Yeah, that exactly. Was, that was it. Exactly, and I killed the doc like that. That. I had no problem with, but, uh, you know, the, the quality definitely got amped up. Um, and I look back at my first portfolio and my second portfolio and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, they're right. You know, there was no way in hell, uh, I would make it to this program. But at the same time, I also saw the inspiration or sorry, the, uh, the potential that they saw in me. And, you know, they could see that I was very enthusiastic about it. So once you're enthusiastic about something, there's no stopping you. Right. So that's very true. You know, I handed it in. Um, this would now be my third time handing it in and I got accepted. Third time's a job. Yeah. Finally. I got accepted. They probably got sick of me too, to be honest. They're like, wow, this guy again. Holy <laughs> crap. You know, like, <laughs> they're like, we'll, we'll let, let him, him in. in. We can use if the he money. He really sucks. <laughs> he won't make it past the first semester. We'll get his exactly. money. Exactly. Anyway. So, and then he'll be. Yeah. Good. And honestly, like, you know, it boosted my spirits. Uh, but honestly, like that first year was a blur. Like, I don't like it was weird. You know, I went through Well, that moves. Yeah, I was gonna say that moves into the question that we like to ask. Yeah. What was your so first far, year experience? Like? Yeah. Everyone that we know that we yeah. went to school with, what was your first year? Like? <laughs> here's here's a, I'm going to I'm going to lead in with a question before that. Have you listened to Sean, Belinda and Maho's episodes? I didn't get a chance to hear all the Sean's, but I saw, uh, sorry, I listened to all right. Belinda and Maho's. I'm ending the call right now. <laughs> I'm ending the call. Dylan has left hey, the you know chat. That's okay. fair. That's, okay. That's fair. I, I That's will okay. definitely yeah. go back and listen to it though, for sure. Sean's is really good. Really? I like Sean. I love Sean. I'm, I'm missing I love out, Sean's man. Episode, I, episode, yeah. <laughs> episode fifty of the Process Podcast. Mm, already that far. Yeah, man. You guys Dude. are killing it. Holy, <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? That's... You guys are killing Weird. it. Thanks, man. But yeah, continue again. Interrupted. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. So, like, uh, first year complete blur. You know, I honestly think my recollection of first year started right after we learned how to draw cylinders in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> everything True. before yeah. that i have no clue what happened but i just remember specifically wow. um having to Catherine gave us a week to draw cylinders and i think about that now and i'm just like that's so laughable right that's like yeah half an hour cool. yeah it's almost insulting you know and it's like you're gonna give me a week to do yeah that. and here's the thing so my girlfriend at the time broke up with me then but you know that's a long story. I'm not getting into it because we don't do that here. Was it? Was it because of your lips? <laughs> it could have been. Yeah. Was it because? Was it because you <laughs> couldn't? Draw yeah, it definitely could have been. She you. saw that and she was Damn, like, "No, nah, I'm not dealing with this." It's <laughs> like, "No, nah, forget it. Can't Damn. can't have those genes getting passed down to my kids." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> my, my kids need to be able to sketch ellipses. <laughs> sketch only the most perfect ellipse um but where was i oh, so yeah that happened and you know that your that's, girlfriend left yeah you. that tore me down for you know a good couple weeks um how'd you get out of that i was you know i had a bunch of friends lots of alcohol <laughs> that doesn't work for me no i like to speak to friends i like to you know uh talk about it but uh we won't talk about that now that was beautiful <laughs> that was beautiful um 
essentially what happened was <laughs> I didn't even draw those cylinders uh, in that whole week, mm. right? And I came up to Catherine that day it was due. I'm like, Catherine, like, you know, stuff's going on in my personal life. I couldn't do these this week, but I'll do the next assignment and these and more, like, just to make it up to you, like, I'm so sorry. Like, don't kick me out of this program. <laughs> it's just... And she's like, you whiny <laughs> son of a... Yeah. Nah, I can't want to say it like that. <laughs> no. Yeah. And so she understood. She basically said, hey, you know, that's totally okay. Uh, take your time with it. If you need help, come to me. Um, just She's very... Exactly. And she said, you know, just have it for next week. And I honestly, I did it in like three days after that. Um, yeah, the question I was like, well, since you brought it up a few times now, Nick, the fact that you, it seems like you kind of got into the program with the idea of auto mm-hmm. being, vroom, vroom. Oh, vroom. I know where this is going, your love, <laughs> your love for cars. And which brings me to the question, <laughs> why'd you chicken out? <laughs> why didn't you go yes. into, but no, without even being like angry about <laughs> it, what was there a point where you, the, the product side and maybe yeah. the other stuff kind of took over the interest a bit or you felt like, do you know what? Actually, I think I'm mm-hmm. going to go, I'm going to do this instead. Mm-hmm. You know, I was hearing a bunch of stuff about auto. And so it put my mind into thinking like I'll go into product. And I had a really long talk with Bruce. Uh, I asked if mm-hmm. I asked him. Really? Yeah. And can you, can you dive Can you dive yeah, into of that course, conversation? Of course. Like, because we love Bruce. Yeah. Bruce is going to be on episode 100 of the Process Podcast by oh, yeah. January 26th. That's awesome. It's confirmed. Like, He's coming on. Tune in. I mean, well, he better be. <laughs> You're going to make him. going to drive down to his Lakeshore apartment and find out what room he's in and be like, G'day, mate. He had to pay you a visit. But yeah, yeah, I what, think what did Bruce have to say? Um, yeah, so I wanted to talk to Bruce. So I, I pulled him aside, went to talk to him, and I said, hey, you know, I honestly came into this program wanting to do auto you know i love i love cars i still obviously love cars and i would still love to design cars but you hear so many stories about how the industry is and um how essentially you know you hear you hear people say oh just drawing cars in your portfolio is like going to kill your portfolio you know you're not going to have the variety um and then once you're in the business you know you might just end up drawing door handles you know for like the next Chevrolet Equinox or something, you know? And it's yeah. like, that kind of puts a damper on it. Cause you're like, man, you know, I know I'm not going to get to design the whole car and all this, but you know, you want to be the one that's like sculpting it and stuff like that. Like, um, and all that. And then on top of that, you know, uh, you hear the product kids saying, Oh, you know, there's so much variety and you know, you can still design cars and you know now you just know all the other stuff as well essentially that's what i got from it right and so this is what i i told bruce and bruce essentially said the same thing to me is what i got from it and he said like you know at the end of the day you do what you got to do uh you know what you like and you know go for it cuz in the end of the day you could be an auto guy and still go into product and be a product guy and still go into auto. But uh, really, it, it does come down to the projects that we have here. And then it's kind of like on yourself to go and make uh, your own uh, products on the side 
if you want to create that variety in your uh, in your sketch in your portfolio and just know that if you're making the auto portfolio it essentially has to be more perfect than perfect if I'm quoting him right yep right and like when I thought of that you know and I saw the way you guys sketch and I'm being honest you uh, Dylan and Zach and you know there's other people on our program as well that sketched really freaking well right Shout out to Sean Pladek and Evan Demchak. Yes, exactly. Mm. Right. And a few others. The Kings. And like, when I saw that, I was just like, you know what? Sketching isn't for me. I'm just, I'm really not a sketcher. You know, like I'll sketch to get an idea out to demonstrate it. And really that's what it should be. But just the thought of, hey, if my portfolio is going to be full of cars and they look like par, like, you know, that's not what I want. So I'll take this opportunity to have these other products in here and try to make them innovative, try to make them different. And hopefully my portfolio stands out that way. And, you know, that's partially why I was able to get the job at uh, Mech Solutions. So, you know, it ends up working out, I guess, right? Next up, we got another amazing design student from Humber College. He's got beautiful flowing locks, like absolutely beautiful. You're below us, but just as amazing, just as skilled. We got Steven by Cowie. So you were just thrown into the deep end and said, okay, well, don't drown. Yeah, I was just like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> so where, how did, how did you, how did you like generate ideas for that and something that you had no experience in? Uh, I don't really know. I, I, I just sort of, I don't know. I was just trying to like I, like throughout the summer like trying out like I was just trying to make things that kind of looked cool or like mm. were different in some small way. Um I don't know. I I didn't really have a plan. Um I had never like I, yeah, I had never done vehicle design before. I had never been taught how to generate ideas for that sort of thing or like what to consider for a vehicle. And so um I just sort of drew whatever I thought was cool. And I ended up coming up with one particular idea, which was the idea that I pursued throughout the project, which was an e-bike. Mm -hmm. And I was attached to that one because, um, like, I know people that use e-bikes and I was unaware of an e-bike that existed in BRP's line. So I was like, all right, that's kind of a cool idea. Like, kate out an e-bike for winter. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just do that. Why an e-bike? Um, what sold the idea in my head was the fact that it was it had the potential to be a fun, easy, easily accessible winter transportation vehicle where you didn't need a license. Interesting. Mm. True. Because, because um because like e-bikes, even though they have motors on them, they're still considered bicycles, and they can still be ridden in bike lanes so mm. i'm like huh all right like people who for whatever reason can't obtain their license like literally just can't for whatever reason mm -hmm. if they have this bike that means they have like a really cool stylish mode of transportation in the winter time true and that was that was like the origins of your idea and like the inception to develop this product around 
there's there's a gap in BRP's market in yes. terms of a a vehicle that you don't require a license to operate because mm-hmm. while BRP stuff is great there is that barrier to entry of you need I think it's like you need a motorcycle's license or a driver's license to yeah. operate certain vehicles yeah. um and if someone oh excuse me if someone can't get their license whether it's maybe they're not of age to get their license maybe they've got like a medical problem that means that they can't get their license like maybe they're considered legally blind or maybe they have epilepsy or something else or maybe they just genuinely have no interest in operating a vehicle yeah this offers them a mode of transport especially in the wintertime which walking in the wintertime sucks exactly that that was that was the idea not bad what'd you call it arrow arrow as in uh aerodynamic so it was a e r o a e okay yeah no true i'm thinking of like arrow bar (laughs) but i think that's actually spelled the same way like chocolate yeah 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 it is it's because aerodynamic that's why Mm -hmm. what i thought it was it's bubble shaped super aerodynamic yeah oh you got a point there you got a big point there. I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> I'm just uh, thinking like... I was thinking that. I was like, oh, you sure? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I just wrote it out. And yeah, it, I guess it is A-E-R-O. But yeah, no, arrow, it definitely is spelled out. Yeah, that transitions into... You sent us an email. I'm going to read you the email just so I can watch you like squirm <laughs> in front of your own... You already read it um, once, so uh, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to read it out loud again. How uh, How embarrassed were you when we read out your email? Um, I, I'm not embarrassed. I was uh, amused by your attempt to pronounce my last name. You go. I like your your subject line as well. You said I did a cool thing, and uh, it was like sup guys. Fair enough. It's a big power move to start off an email. Um, and you told us about your uh project Project Arrow which was part of a national design competition run by the APMA. Do you know what the APMA is? Yes, it is the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association. Mm. Did you know that, Zach? No, we looked it up, right? And we couldn't find it. So we're like, oh, yeah, I was like, couldn't, couldn't get anything. on. We'll it. ask him. <laughs> okay. There you go. So the meat and potatoes. What is, what is Project Era? Why did you do it? And let's, let's run through that because I'm, I'm very interested. <sighs> okay <laughs> project arrow so deep breath just for a bit of a like a timeline uh arrow started in february of this year february of 2020 right. and um so at this point i had finished brp um had the christmas holiday it was all great and then i started my first semester of auto did the 50 sketch assignment i did one other sketching assignment mm-hmm. And then we were dropped right into this competition. Um, yeah, like, I can't remember what the circumstance was, but Bruce, um, he was in a position where he had to come up with a new assignment for later in the semester. And I remember him saying, like, oh, like, maybe I'll get you guys to design a motorbike. And I'm like, oh, that's dope. Like, I'm oh, excited for I like that. Your, I like your use of the word dope. It's pretty, <laughs> it's, it's pretty dope. Thank you. And uh, so I'm like, oh, that, like, that's awesome. Move on to next week where I think we're going to be designing motorbikes. And he's like, hey, guys, I've just uh, 
discovered this project called Project Arrow. It's a design competition. Heard the words design competition, and I was like, oh. Not again. Like, not again. <laughs> For shit's sakes, I just came out of BRP. And, like, I was thinking this in my head, and Bruce was like, yeah, I'm sure Steven will be thrilled, thrilled about this. And, uh, yeah, no, so... So yeah, I, I read it over and it, it was laid out as an assignment. That's what it was. Hmm. Um, and um, I'm not explaining this well. The way um, Project Arrow worked... better than I can. Better than Zach can. <laughs> the way Project Arrow worked it was, it was, is that it was split into two phases. Phase one and phase two. Phase one was going to be... <laughs> phase one was going to be the assignment. Like okay. that, that was what we were assigned for auto. Was phase one. And, um, fuck, I have to backtrack because I haven't actually explained what Arrow is. <laughs> no, you haven't. I also like how you said it was split up into two phases, phase one and phase two. Yeah, that's, that's what they were, that's what they <laughs> that's, were called. That's like, a snippet for sure. It, it wasn't like, oh, like concept development ideation phase and then like engineering or whatever. It was literally called by the APMA phase one and phase oh, two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is on their website, here. but um, project. But Arrow. yeah, what Project Arrow was it? The APMA, um, they were answering uh the Prime Minister's call for innovation, uh Prime Minister Trudeau's call for innovation. True I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know what a call to innovation entails, but um, the APMA was like, hey, like we do a lot of car part manufacturing in Canada, but no vehicles are actually designed and made in Canada. So what their answer to this call was, was, okay, we want to produce Canada's first all Canadian made zero emissions vehicle. Mm. Um, it was going to be like a huge like eco move like oh yeah like it's eco friendly zero emissions and it was going to show off canada as an automotive force um because we had all this manufacturing going on it's like hey we can also build these things and make them cool and um they and they needed the concept which is right. where project arrow like the competition came in they called upon any post-secondary student uh that wanted to participate like regardless of program like you could be in design you could be i don't know in engineering whatever like everyone was allowed to participate and phase one was basically just illustrating the concept they wanted like development sketches and like showing off features and they wanted a big nice render presented on a giant banner hmm. and um so yeah, that was the assignment. That that was phase one for Arrow, and also the assignment for Bruce. So all of the auto guys did phase one, did all the sketches, handed it into Bruce, and then that was like two weeks before the Arrow submission date. So it was sort of Bruce's clever way to be like, yeah, like, I like he wasn't totally convinced that we would participate if he hadn't have done this. So it was his clever way of being like, well, you've already done the work. So you might as well submit. <laughs> and um, fair point, fair point to Bruce. Yeah, he's also in, he's also encouraging you guys to do it as well, right? That's another. I think that's yeah. another important thing to realize is like he wants he wants that student success as well. Oh, of course. So of course, 
like good on him and um i know i said earlier that i was sort of i approached it begrudgingly but um as the project went on like as phase one went on i was like i i was able to process like what it was and how big it was and i'm like okay like i i think i can get into this and like i went hard at the end of phase one and for that final submission thoughts on unpaid internships uh, uh, like <laughs> it's weird right it's like when i was in it i was like i was convincing myself i was like you know what it sort of feels like a rite of passage among yeah. the design industry it's like yeah. you're the unpaid intern you just gotta put in the hours and do it but like at the same time like come on like i'm doing work <laughs> i'm doing work it, for does, you guys. Yeah. it does suck it does suck yeah but I think if you can focus strictly on the positive aspects of it and take those away and take the positive learnings away from it, yeah, then it's fine. Like I'm yeah. sure there's people out there who had paid internships in your year, certainly in our year, who had paid internships and they hated every single day. Uh, I, I don't doubt it. You know, like it seems like it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing worse than going to a job and doing something that you dislike and still getting paid for it. It's like it's it just sounds terrible. The getting yeah, paid it, part is great. The getting paid part is great. Yeah, but it almost is like, oh man, like I might as well stick it out because I'm getting paid. Mm-hmm. Where whereas if you weren't getting paid, it's just like, okay, well I'm out. I'm just gonna leave anyways. I'm just yeah. gonna hop, just jump ship. Like Zach, you did an un- unpaid internship. I did an unpaid internship. Yeah, I enjoyed mine though, and I'm sure. You... I would assume you kind of enjoyed yours at least a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I, I like I said before that I was prepared to leave. Like I wouldn't want to leave. Like the the reason why I asked for half shit, like half weeks, was because mm-hmm. I wanted that experience. Like from what I'd experienced so far having worked there for like, I don't know, I guess a month, maybe like I felt like what I was learning was good Mm -hmm. and I wanted to maximize that as much as I could. Teaches you like how to communicate with like customers or clients, like how to, how to send an email and get information that you want, how to talk to your boss, how to articulate what you're doing, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's, it's all stuff that you don't really learn in school. You almost, you almost can't learn it in school. It's not something they can teach. Yeah. 100%. It requires that legitimate experience. Like, remember a couple of the first times I would send emails to, excuse me, emails to uh, customers at work and mad hiccups right now. And the first couple of times that I would send an email, it would be like super nerve wracking. And I'd be, I'd literally be sweating. And I'm like looking at making sure I spelled their name right and making sure all the grammar's correct. Then eventually you just get over that because you get so used to it and like you start to understand it a lot more. Yeah, for and, sure. And you don't you don't get that in school. It's like it's something that needs to happen in in the industry, and that happens regardless of whether it's paid or unpaid. You know, mm-hmm. the the pay the getting paid to be an intern is is just a benefit. Like, mm. it's not that I support unpaid internships. But I see the value in if you have the means to afford to do an unpaid internship, like you don't have rent to cover or you don't have this, that, and the other thing to worry about, 
then do the unpaid internship if it's something that's truly beneficial. Like I was fortunate I could afford to do an unpaid internship. I could afford to not work for four months and spend that money. Other people, that may not be the case. They may not be able to do that. And it sounds like you were at least able to afford the luxury of an unpaid internship, which is a weird way to put it as the luxury of an unpaid internship. But I think if you you took something positive out of it, you've created a contact there. That's a good thing. Yeah. They they um they left the door open for me, which uh, good. good. So so yeah, like yeah, that's exactly it. Like if you if you can do it, like yeah, just focus on the experience that you're getting. And mm-hmm. like I could contact them at the end of fourth year and be like, hey, like you guys hiring? And they mm-hmm. already know, like they already know what kind of work I can do, right? True. So it makes that whole process a lot easier. Coming up next, we have a snippet from our episode with Sebastian Costello, automotive enthusiast, one of the boys, and probably mathematical genius turned industrial designer. And uh, love this episode with him. Fantastic friend. And we hope you enjoy what he has to say. So, yeah, I, my rendering capabilities I felt were lacking. And I, I had been doing some Photoshop rendering and it was going okay. I had some epiphanies while doing that and figuring out how to do it, but I still felt like there was a better way of doing it. Maybe I could get some guidance on it because mm-hmm. um, self-learning is great, but self-learning plus a little bit of outside expertise is is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And it's not so uh, demoralizing when you're a self-destructive person. Um, I'm not going to disagree. Because I totally get it. So totally get it. Yeah. So I I looked at it, I saw this course and I thought perfect fit for what I'm trying to achieve. Uh, so mm-hmm. I signed up for it, and that was back in April. So did you have I, to like apply, like show existing no, work? No, it was just Ooh. like a it was just like one of those extracurricular summer courses that was oh, for cool. like anyone could apply into it. Um, Shit. There were, awesome. they, they did say there were prerequisites, uh, but they also said that if you feel like you are good enough for it, uh, the first day of classes, you, it is recommended that you would show a portfolio and should say like what you, what you do or mm-hmm. where you are in terms of your, uh, design career, uh, whether okay. you're a beginner student or if you're mm-hmm. in the field. So obviously I would have said that I'm in the field now. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was actually just about two months ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're gonna fast forward about two months now to, yeah, we don't, we don't need the day to day. Yeah. To, to present day actually now, uh, as in today, as in June 11th, 2021, um, uh, I I got this woke up this morning and did my uh my morning routine. Brushed my teeth, meditated, did ten hours of yoga, ate some berries off of the tree outside. Yo, if you think I'm doing ten hours of yoga, you're slacking. I'm doing twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only fuck with twelve hours of yoga, man. Get on my fucking level. Yeah, come on. Uh so and no, but I so I so then I thought like oh yeah I need to make sure 
like the, I have everything ready for this art center course tomorrow because I knew that I was coming up to see Zach tonight. And, uh, Hell yeah. I got a, I have my priorities and obvious and Zach is very much one of them. Yes. Um, Straight up. He's, he's a valuable asset. I'd say valuable might be an understatement. Very uh, true. Keep inflating the ego. Keep yeah. yeah. Can't, you can't <laughs> put a price on perfection. Can you? Mm. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just thought I should figure, organize myself out a little bit for t- tomorrow, uh, which would have been, my, which is my first day of classes or would have been, Oh shit. if not for <laughs> oh, no. the wonderful email, I found out I I got no. like yesterday, no. and unfortunately, the class has been canceled due to not enough participants. What? So, I was super excited for this class. Um, I've actually low key been stressing out about what I'm gonna show, what I was gonna show for tomorrow, for about a month well, now. Now you don't have to worry. Now you don't have to worry about it actually fuck kind kind of glad that i've been stressing out about it because if if the class wasn't the motivation if the class didn't end up being the motivation the stress of not showing good enough work definitely was because Mm -hmm. in that time i have been sketching more i've been doing different types of ske- like i i've i've been sketching cars mm-hmm. but of i've course. been i've also been sketching animals and organic life which is very different from products it's a lot harder mm-hmm. and it's actually something that's kind of you can actually break it down into product is similar to products because you have to break it down into their most basic shapes again just like you would it's all about with form it. right exactly um but then you have much harder lines like getting like how do you draw like animals ready to kill versus an the same animal just resting right their muscles Mm -hmm. are tensed in one and the muscles are relaxed in another right very different Mm -hmm. so i've been doing that in my time and to finish off Part three, episode 302 of our Best of 300 series. We got one of my old friends that I grew up with, one of my oldest buddies. We got Sawyer Edworthy. A little change of pace for us. It was more photography focused. Haven't had that in a while, but absolutely amazing. Really insightful. Super funny guy. Super cool guy. Just overall super rad. I hope you enjoy. (laughs) That was the high school. It's a jail, the most fun jail you'll ever spend oh, four years. Lovely. At. So, where did you go? Like, where where does life take you after after uh, after high school? After high school, I moved. I just shouldn't say I moved. I moved to Welland eventually to to go to school mm-hmm. at Niagara College. Um, after taking a year off and working as a graphic installer, uh, I wrapped mm-hmm. cars. I put graphics on buildings signs anything like that um and i realized pretty quickly that i didn't want to do that for the rest of my life and i uh, i moved to well and i started looking into um film i chose film because like i've, I've always been into 
both i don't like the term videography but it it's what everybody uses uh i've really been into videography and photography for close to 12 years now and i but i figured if i learn all the aspects of film they'll go hand in hand with photography whereas if i learn all the photography stuff i won't learn things about film so I picked um, BRTF, Broadcast Radio Film Television, or Television Film, uh, out of Niagara College in Welland, and I set sail for a small house with seven, seven roommates. roommates. <laughs> What's that seven like living roommates. with, with was... seven roommates? It, well, when everybody wants to cook, it's and there's only one kitchen, yeah, it's a pain. Nice. It, 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 it's it was fun i will say like i i had a great time i miss i miss college mm -hmm. a lot but um yeah it was it was whatever so why why pursue I, that like where does that interest in film and and cameras and like taking making pictures and making videos come from so when i was mm -hmm. i want to say 11 11 or 12 somewhere around then um my dad bought a Nikon D5300 and I, excuse me, he didn't want to learn how to use it. He didn't have the time, he just didn't have the attention span. So he handed it to me and said, here, you figure out how to use this and teach me. Of course. And I never taught him. I never taught him how. <laughs> I just wanted to figure it out and, and see what, what I could do with it. Immediately it was intriguing, like camera lens that isn't, like one, I, I had like a, a little point and shoot mm -hmm. camera, I guess, but um, I didn't, I never took interest in it until all of a sudden, like, oh, the lens is detachable. You can swap. Oh, there's different rules to different things. There's a manual mode. What's a manual mode? So it, it's a long rabbit hole of techniques and, and styles and well, a lot mm -hmm. of knowledge. So I'm still falling down that rabbit hole. Like uh, we were on your website earlier and you've got projects like out the wazoo. You've got a legit, for all lack of a better term, a client list of people that you've done work for. You know, someone who doesn't necessarily understand freelancing can look at that and say, well, of course that guy's getting jobs because he has this portfolio. But the portfolio is built out of the jobs that you have gotten in some way, shape or form. Like you've, at some point you must have made that happen for yourself. No one said like, no one just gave you these projects. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Nobody. I mean, there, there are a few instances where uh, you look at my website, there's, there's a difference between uh, paid gigs and non-paid gigs. Um, the paid gigs are good because they pay and, and you're working for a client that knows other clients and you, that client you hope will, tell other potential clients that you do good work and that you can be trusted as whatever your title is. This doesn't necessarily um, only count towards photography or videography. Um, but uh, then there's the non-paid um, personal projects. For example, on my website, there's one mm -hmm. called Lady in Red, and it's got a, a girl in a leather jacket with um, a red Fiat from like the 70s or something like that. Uh, that was 100% just, I wanted to take those photos. And I knew exactly what I wanted them to look like before uh, before I took them. I found a location. I got 
the the girl in the car made sure which by the way the girl owns the car wow. which is the coolest cool thing car. ever yeah and um and she's got super her, her name is libby she's got great style she like just oozes mm. uh, aesthetic <laughs> um those are nice like the non-paid ones are nice because you have complete control over them nobody's telling you what to do mm. but they don't pay so um when it comes to getting paid gigs it's all about networking you're and not just networking in the sense where like you're talking to people is that you're leaving like a lasting impression impression on them i know earlier we talked about uh what was the quote it was uh people will forget what you say and do but they'll never forget how you make them feel It, it goes into networking all the time like you need to leave a lasting impression on these people that you want to do work for and that you want to maybe not even do work for but just be a part of their life and uh, have some sort of influence over the decisions that they make. It's kind of a very powerful, dark mm-hmm. way of putting it, or like very overbearing, overbearing. But, but it works. I guess it gets the point across. Like, what's how long have you been a freelance a freelancer? A real freelancer, yeah, or a real freelancer, a fake freelancer, real freelancer. Um, I want to say the last wow. five years. Um, before that, I was do I was doing jobs, but I had no idea what I was doing, and I I knew how to turn the camera on. I knew how to set some settings. Do you know how to press record at that point? And <laughs> I knew how to press record. I found out what that was on day three hundred and sixty six, oh, which happens to be today. <laughs> yeah, today. Yes. <laughs> so when um, around five years ago, I, I kind of figured out where where I belonged in the uh in the broad spectrum of things and uh it's a it's an interesting moment when you figure that out because you just it's humbling and you realize okay Mm -hmm. i'm below this guy obviously but that doesn't mean i can't be that guy one day but then i'm i'm definitely above this guy like you look at and not to you know mock anybody's work i'm not pointing fingers or anything or naming names but you you always find those people that you look at them and you go yep okay Mm-hmm. I'm above that. That's good. Just can't fall below that. You got to be confident. You got. You got to be confident in yourself, right? Like exactly. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Process Podcast. We hope you greatly enjoy it. If you want to send us an email about the podcast, you can send that to hi.theprocesspodcast@gmail.com, or if you're interested in any design inquiries, send an email to hi at bigdesigncompany.com or visit our website, www.bigdesigncompany.com. And Zach Watson. Yes, sir. What is our Instagram? The process underscore underscore podcast. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. The process.